Welcome to episode 31 of From the Shed End podcast with myself, T-Dot. And as always, I'm joined by Theo. So how are you doing, Theo? Good, thanks. Good, thanks. Enjoy the game on, on Wednesday night and uh, looking forward to the game on Saturday now. I'm good. How are you? Yeah, not bad. Not bad. Um, obviously, I just want everyone to know this is not the uh, the sort of kit that came out <laughs> this week. I'm not stupid. I'm not paying £200 for a kit that's got graffiti all over it. But um, no, I'm good. I'm good. Um, brilliant game. Obviously, Wednesday, like you said, you know, we've got an early kickoff um, Saturday. Got what day it is on Saturday against Norwich. So yeah, looking forward to that as well. Um, as always, guys, whoever's listening out there, if you're watching on YouTube live, you can obviously see our social handles at the very bottom of the screen. But if you're not and you're listening on Apple or Spotify, you can follow us on Twitter or Instagram um, at From the Shed End on Twitter and at From the Shed End with underscores between each of the words on Instagram. Again, search for us on YouTube, like, subscribe, comment, all of that stuff as well. Um, we're on there so yeah just give us a like subscribe and um, let us know your thoughts but let's take it straight back to Wednesday Um, brilliant game brilliant game I think on here a couple of episodes before I've been talking a lot about um, yes we're winning games but it's how we're winning them and I felt like albeit against Malmo what I've been asking for we actually got to see against Malmo that sort of pressure sort of more creativity a bit more free-flowing football was what I've been expecting from us and I think we got that but what was your thoughts um, on the game? It was a good game it was a good game um, yeah the opponent was Malmo who probably you know are a bit weaker than maybe the typical Premier League opposition but um, it was a good game I, I thought it was I wanted a 2-0 lead at half time which we had and I was happy of that and then we could kind of enjoy the second half make I want to say make the substitutions we wanted, but probably we couldn't do that because of the early changes we had to make in that first half. But I think we'll touch on that later. But um, it was good. I think we dominated the ball. Uh, we hardly even let Malmo have a, I can't even remember a single shot on target. Maybe they had. But um, yeah, it was just, um, you know, a lot of time we, we were winning games, but maybe not as comfortably as we like. Like that Southampton game, the two, you know, it was a 3-1, the scoreline, but those two late goals came in the last maybe five or 10 minutes. Whereas this game, you know, we got it, you know, we got it done quite early, and the second half was good. And I thought Havertz was really, really impressive when he came on. His goal was amazing, and credit to Hudson Odoi, I thought he was fantastic as well when he came on to to replace. Um, can't remember if he replaced for uh, I think he replaced Werner with the second substitution, and that amazing run down the uh, the left wing for the to set up Havertz for the goal was brilliant. I actually wanted to talk about Thiago Silva because he didn't play against Brentford. He was um. He was rested against Brentford. I think he just came back from international duty, so he couldn't be included in the squad for that for that game. But his performance was fantastic. I mean, the Malmo strikers just didn't really, you know, put any pressure on him, which allowed him to almost play like an NFL quarterback. I felt, and he was just pinging yeah. these balls across the pitch, and that's how he set up Christensen for his goal. And on multiple occasions, he was pinging these balls, finding Havertz, finding Lukaku, finding Werner, and it was fantastic. And um, you know, I think Rudiger is also capable of that. And it kind of reminded me a bit of a, you know, how David Luiz used to play, just lobbing those long balls across the pitch, um, finding uh, one of the strikers. But it was overall, it was a great performance. And four 0 on the on the on the score on the sheet, uh, score sheet is always a good result. It's just a shame that Juventus managed to score quite late, late on in their game. If otherwise, it would have been the, the perfect match day. Yeah, it was it was a good game. And I, I, you know, I've said on here before that that creative side of the game just hasn't been there. You know, we've, we spoke about it on here before, but to see, like you just mentioned, you know, Thiago Silva having free reign, being able to just ping balls and, you know, setting up Christensen for the first, for, for, for his first goal as well um, as a Chelsea player, which 
you know, it seems like it's almost impossible because you think how long he's been at the club and um, I think he got his debut at 17. Um, you know, he's been there for a while now. So I think he's 24 now. So, you know, to, to go that long without a goal, but it was a good goal. I mean, that's that's a goal that some strikers would be seriously proud of. I think, you know, to be able to, the way the ball comes in, it's almost slightly behind him a little bit and he still manages to get it, you know, get it from behind and put it in. So I think, you know, yeah, it's a striker's finish. And um, I was surprised, if I'm honest, and I know I mentioned it offline around the lineup. I think I would have definitely rested Lukaku. Obviously, he's even more so now. But I would have expected maybe a sound against to start. I think he was someone that I expected to see. You know, maybe Kai Havertz starting as well. So, um, yeah, you know, I mean, in hindsight, obviously, you know, you want your best players out there, which is understandable. But there's there's going to be a you know, Thomas Kukul, Tuchel just said it in his press conference, you know, players do get tired. They've got international football to think about, Nations League. But then you've also got to consider that if they are getting tired, there are games where you can rest them. And I feel like Malmo would have been a perfect example of that. But it's hindsight, you know, it's one of those things. But in terms of Malmo, I just, you know, I spoke about him quite, I think I gave him a bit too much credit in the last episode because I think they had two shots on, um, I think two shots on target, I think maybe one in the second half, one in the first, I think they had about 27% possession. They just did, like you said, it didn't make any, um, you know, anything difficult for our centre-backs or even for Mendy as well. But I thought overall, I was impressed with just how, how we played the game, not, you know, finding that pocket of space, being pressuring the team and, Again, I'll say it again, I know it's Malmo, so I expect I expected a you know an, an easy game for us. But just to be able to do that shows that we can do it. And regardless of the opposition, that's how I'd like to see Chelsea playing every single week. Regardless, obviously you don't get that much time on the ball in, in Premier League games, you know, Malmo made it a lot easier for us. But I think there's still opportunity to play at that level, which is what I'm kind of looking for in Chelsea. So I was impressed, you know, I was impressed with Jorginho, I thought he was brilliant. Christensen, as I've mentioned already, not just for the goal, but just just what he does. Like he's, I mean, we're lucky to have him. When you think about the fact of, of he's been at the club since he's seventeen, he's a brilliant defender. He's had question marks over him before, and I think he's answered a lot of those crit- critics in the way that he's performed the last two or three seasons. So, for him to do that as well, for Hudson Odoi coming on, I thought he played brilliantly, and he's he's. You know, him and um, Havertz are going to have to step up now because obviously the injuries to Lukaku and Werner, you know, we're looking at those kind of players to come in and, and, and do a job now. So, um, yeah, you know, I was impressed with the, with the goals. I was impressed with the two penalties, Jorginho getting man of the match, hopefully Ballon d'Or as well. Um, <laughs> you know, it, it, it's a brilliant game for us. Yeah, um, I mean, I just wanted to touch on Christensen because um, he was fantastic again. And I think he's that player that only... Rival fans are starting to realise now that actually he's a very, very good player. They never used to rate him, but he's—I think he's got 42 clean sheets in his last two yep. in his last 52 starts or some, something like that. And I think um, he's only conceded in, in six six games in the last 203 days. And it's, I mean, well, no, I don't really like to look at stats, but if you look at stats for a defender and you look at clean sheets and you actually look at then compare that to the game he plays, you can put two and two together. You realise he's a fantastic player. And I remember that first game when. Um, I think he came on after Gary Cahill got sent off against uh, Burnley. I think on on one of the in um, Conte's second season, he came on and he you know we would play he played in the back three and he scored in that game and he was actually offside and I thought you know if he just carries on playing like this he'll score for fun and you know as a, as a centre back yeah. but um, in the end um, yeah he had, he went he hasn't scored that was his first Chelsea goal on on Wednesday and it, he deserves it he really does deserve it 
in terms of the lineup, which you mentioned, I think there were a few surprises on the on the team sheets. Um, I wouldn't have started Lukaku. I wouldn't have started maybe even a Kante. I thought Tuchel maybe really wanted to win that game comfortably. That you know, and it came at a cost of losing two players to injury, which really could have been avoided. We could have easily started Havertz. We could have easily started Hudson Odoi. Mentioned even Salagers could have started that one. We mentioned in the previous episode we'd have liked to see maybe Barkley start that game potentially. So I if um, he's not in the, the the Champions League squad. I was thinking this the other day. I think I, I think he came. Did he not come off the bench um, against Juventus? I'm thinking. So um, possibly he did. He yeah, did. And we have these crazy long big benches in cha- in the European games, and I think if you're a homegrown player, you're automatically in the squad. So um, yeah, yeah. I think um, yeah, but I think um, he'll play a part maybe on on Saturday or or in a cup game on um, on Wednesday. Yeah, but um. Yeah, we mentioned we we weren't winning any penalties this season. We got two on on Wednesday, and it was nice to see Jorginho. I, even though I love the the hop, skip, and the little jump, it does you know play with your heart a bit. So it was nice to see him almost put a bit more, you know, power into that ball and just smash it into you the back of the net. You had a good view, didn't you? I think where you yeah, were sitting, yeah. a pretty decent view of um, yeah. the penalty, the, which was good. the second penalty. It was quite nice. I was directly aligned with it, um, so I yeah. shared that on the Instagram page. If uh, anyone who's listening wants to go check that out. But I think it was nice to see him kind of you know, change his penalty um, technique a little. And um, I think I read another stat. Um, I think every single one of our defenders has scored this season except for Azpilicueta and Marlon Saar. So our defenders are scoring, whether it's, you know, because we're playing with a back five or um, whether it's, you know, just the, the strikers aren't getting the, the service they need to score. But, yeah. but they're doing Probably a job at the back. Course. They're scoring and they're keeping clean sheets, so hopefully that carries on as well. But um, but yeah, it was a good performance. But um, I do agree. I'd like to see those kind of you know score lines a bit more frequently across the season, rather than you know one nils or keeping it quite late in the in the in the game and scoring in um, you know quite late on in the second half. I know. I know. We mentioned Mendy last last week or last last episode. It feels like last week. Um, but yeah, ten clean sheets and eighty nine percent save percentage since October 2020 is above Edison, Courtois, Neuer, Allison in that in that sort of bracket as well. So just goes to show how what we said on the last episode, how crucial is that he's in goal. You know, 10 clean sheets in the space of a year um in the Champions League is is a record to be proud of. Yeah, he's fantastic. I think someone can it must be on Twitter, some kind of thread with all the statistics and records he's broken since joining Chelsea because the amount of clean sheets, I think it's since he's joined Chelsea, he's got over 30 clean sheets in 50-something games. Or maybe, you know, so it's he's, he's, he's fantastic. And I think he's only behind Petr Cech and mm. Pepe Reina, I think, in terms of keeping clean sheets in um, when he first joined the Premier League. But a fantastic keeper. Um, we mentioned it, I think, in the previous episode, we're losing him in January to the African Cup of Nations. It's going to be difficult, but we've got Kepa. I trust Kepa for that. But at the same time, you know, having Mendy in a squad um, and bringing him last last summer was a fantastic acquisition and great bit of business from Petr Cech. Yeah, definitely brings that sort of confidence in the back, back line as well. But you mentioned the two key players that we lost at the expense of a 4-0 victory. Lukaku, Timo Werner as well. Let's start with Lukaku because I think it was, I mean, obviously he was at the game, but watching it on TV was, you know, it was a bad tackle. It was a bad tackle. It was one of those, it's one of those ones where you almost knew instantly it wasn't, you know, he wasn't going to carry on and you almost instantly thought "Mm, that's about a four to six window of return. And because he, not only does he roll his ankle, but it's the fact that the play is almost landed, 
you know, full body weight on, on the ankle as well. So it, it looked bad and um, yeah, it was a bad one. So is it going to be a miss? Because obviously Tuchel just said in the press conference, re- uh, you know, before we came on that he's, you know, he's been, he's been basically worn down. He's played a lot of international football. He wants to be the top dog at Chelsea, which is all good things. But, you know, is it is it a case that this has probably come at a good time for Lukaku, that he's out at the picture for a bit, gets to recover, and we can hopefully bring him back and he can find his scoring form again? I think Lukaku is that player that wants to play every single minute of every single game, whether it's Nations League, whether it's Premier League, whether it's group stage of the Champions League. But at the same time, you know, um, I think Tuchel was the one who didn't mention he he was he was tired he was mentally tired I think from you know and drained from all the games he's played and probably he's travelled across Europe as well with Champions League and with the Belgium national team I don't want to say the injury is a good thing because it's looking like it could be a month out injured which means potentially missing those you know important games Newcastle away potentially Man United at home you know these type of games which we need him for but at the same time you know Norwich at home Southampton in the cup. Of type of games that I I would ex- we can still be winning without Lukaku, but at the same time I did mention in um, when we first uh, signed him back in the summer, he's that player that can score us twenty goals a season, and you know if he's missing these type of important phases of the season against relatively easy opposition, you know automatically you know the, the likes of Salah, the likes of Vardy, the likes of Aubameyang will start scoring, and he's slowly not going to he's going to miss out on the, this game time and not get as many goals as them. So I think personally, it's going to be a bit of a blow for him individually because he he wants to be that top dog, like you said. He wants to be scoring every game, but at the same time, if he can, he hasn't he hasn't scored I think in his last seven games for Chelsea, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. you know, so it's maybe a, maybe a, a bit of a breath a rest for him, and hopefully he can come back stronger. It's a shame because he would have scored in that Malmo game, 100. Oh yeah, on the pitch. Yeah, yeah. He, he looked he looked really sharp in the opening 20 minutes, and you mentioned the tackle. I thought it was quite malicious the tackle. It, looked, it, looked, it was quite an inexperienced tackle from a. It was almost the, a scissors, you know, the, yeah. the scissors tackle. It was yeah. one of those. I mean, it wasn't as um, dramatic as that, but it was definitely lucky that he got a yellow. He could have easily got red for that because it was, um, yeah. you know, there was no, there was no ball. It was all, it was all player. So no ball, no, yeah. no ball um, or player from behind. Um, and you mentioned a scissor action and landing quite awkwardly on his ankle. Um, yeah, it was a, it's, a, it's going to be a blow to. To, to have him out but at the same time I'm hoping Havertz steps up now yeah and I think I mean Tuchel Thomas Tuchel just mentioned you know the next two games which obviously Norwich and Southampton in the cup and obviously I think we've got Newcastle um, away then haven't we after that so I think I mean I don't think they'll rush him back I don't think he'll be he'll be rushed back I think knowing the importance that we're going to need him, especially around that sort of um, period when we don't have Mendy which is coming up obviously a lot closer now I think we'll We'll leave as long as as long as we've got. I mean, we've got enough players in in that position who can play that false nine and you know Kai Havertz. I'm not sure about Timo Werner. I think it's hamstring, so you know could be out for a bit longer. But I, I do think when Lukaku comes back, I think he's going to be. He needed this rest. I think you think about the Euros. You think about the fact when Belgium went out of the Euros, he went straight back to Inter Milan. He was uh, training there. Then moved to Chelsea. Started with Chelsea went to internationals, came back, played for Chelsea, went back to the internet. So he's had a lot. He's never really had a rest. Um, and I do kind of get what Tuchel means in terms of, you know, he has just been constantly playing football. But then there are moments, again, I'm going to say Malmo, you could rest him. Norwich, potentially, you know, give him 60 minutes, bring him off, rest him in the cup against Southampton as well. So there are moments where we can do things as a club as well 
to stop that, prevent that from happening. And I think Malmo is a good good example of that. But um, Timo Werner, is he going to be missed? And I don't mean that in the worst way possible, but I mean in terms of, because I mean, he missed a sitter. Let's be honest, he missed a sitter at Malmo early on in the game. Um, very, I think it was the first first bit of attack from Chelsea. Yeah, he missed a the sitter. Then Lukaku missed a sitter against Brentford, but was offside, I think. Um, it happens to the best strikers across um, across Europe. Um, he will be missed, I think. Werner, we've spoken about him, you know, having a team of Werner against Norwich, you're going to miss his pace and you're going to miss the way he's able to kind of take defenders, you know, out of the game and, you know, create space for whether it's a Havertz, whether it's a Mal, whether it's a Loftus-Cheek and he will be missed. And um, I think Tuchel really values him at the moment. I think he started the last three games. He started against Southampton, he started against Brentford, he started against Malmo. So he is rated now by Tuchel and I do really want to say he's going to be missed and, um, it's uh, it's quite a tricky one because now that leaves us with um, Pulisic still injured. I think um, the reason um, Tuchel didn't want to put a date on the return for Lukaku and um, and Werner is because he made that mistake with Pulisic. He said he'd be back after the international break, whereas he isn't. He didn't assess it properly. So I think he's been quite cautious now when um, you know saying, well, we'll have him back in a few weeks or we'll have him back after the Newcastle game. He doesn't want to make that mistake. After all speculation, what like you said. It's all speculation, yeah. So... Um, I would have liked to see Pulisic back fit for this period when we're not. We don't have um, Werner and um, and um, and Lukaku because I think after potentially Werner, Pulisic's are arguably our pacier strike, you know, attacking yeah. player. But um, I'm confident that Havertz will step up now. He scored a brilliant goal against Mamo, and that's what we want from him. And um, I think something that we we saw a lot of Leverkusen, we still haven't really properly seen yet at Chelsea is his aerial ability as well. He's got a great um, head. You know, he's tall. I think he's over one meter ninety. He's very very tall. Yeah. And I, I do want to see him, you know, score um, a few headed go- um, goals. He hit the crossbar against Real Madrid with a header um, last season. So I think, um, well, you know, we'll miss Lukaku and Lukaku's um, heading ability. Hopefully, Havertz can make up for it. And then I'd, I'd love to see a lineup on, on against Norwich of um, Havertz up front with um, potentially Mount and Loftus Cheek right behind him. I think that would be interesting, but I still think maybe Ziyech will be um, will start that one on Saturday. I think um, Tuchel didn't talk about Ziyech a little in his press conference, saying had an amazing preseason, but he's still kind of you know struggling with a shoulder injury, maybe. So that's why he hasn't been performing to the level he has. He's he's used to, but we've got the depth, we've got the options. We just maybe can't afford another injury in that position. Yeah, it was interesting to to hear him talk about Hakim Ziyech as well because I think. You know, he has been unlucky. You think about last season, very similar, I think, against uh, Brighton, I think, in the preseason um, game there. He got injured, I think, as well, which hampered the start of his uh, season. And then again, there's the Super Cup this this season, same thing happens again. So he has been hampered and, and hindered with injuries. But yeah, you know, he's got to he's got to do what, like Thomas Tuchel just said, you know, work for his performance, uh, his, his time on the pitch. And, you know, it was interesting. He mentioned the Rankai Havertz. Obviously, not naming any names, but I'm assuming he meant Timo Werner and Lukaku were, were ahead of him in terms of on training. And, you know, Timo, um, Kai Havertz being almost third on that list um, and he's got to work for his place. I think now's the perfect time to see Kai Havertz shine. I think he will. I think we've seen glimpses of it. Obviously, you know, we talk about Champions League, but even when he's played in the Premier League as well, he's done really well. He's um, he's, he's he's a good player. I don't, I don't, I, maybe because we're just watching it from you know, a match perspective. We're not on the training pitch every day, so we're not we're not there every day to see what's happening. But I just think he deserves his chance now. Um, it's a shame about Pulisic as well. I agree. I think 
he's the one who brings that pace. But I do agree with you. I think Loftus Cheek playing in that more forward role with Mason Mount because Loftus Cheek's got a bit of pace about him. He's strong as mm. well. Yeah. He's good on the ball. He can take players on. And I think against the Norwich, I mean, that's perfect. That's perfect for Kai Havertz as well. That link up would be really good. So it'd be interesting to see what Thomas Tuchel does. Um, I'm excited about it as well. Um, we're going to speak about Norwich in a minute, but I wanted to talk about Cesar Aspiaqueta, aka Dave. <laughs> new contract. It's almost over the line. I think it's um, a new contract till 2023 with the option to extend for a further year. It's a no-brainer. <clears throat> Surely it makes sense. Makes complete sense. Um, not asking for ridiculous wages like someone else. He's the, he's, you know, he's he's the, he's the captain. I think he'll happily even maybe accept a, a pay cut to stay at Chelsea. He's that type of player. And um, I mentioned it over the summer, maybe he's not playing as many minutes as he used to, you know, because he's maybe um, switching it up with Rhys James as the wing back, Hudson and Doyle at times, rotating with all the other centre backs. But um, what he gives his team is that leadership. He's a presence in the dressing room. We saw it with John Terry in his final season, even though he wasn't playing, he was there in the dressing room, you know, almost giving the second team talk after the manager. I think that's what Espelacuesta is capable of doing for maybe, you know, the next two, three years to come. Um, so I'm really glad. I'm really glad to see him sign a new deal if he is to, which I'm sure he is going to sign it. And um, you don't really see it. I don't. I still think his performances are really, really good. Um, you know, he hasn't really dropped in his his performance. I think he's. I don't. I don't want to say something silly. I think he's 31 now, maybe 32. I'm not too 30, sure on his 32. age. 32. Yeah. And you know, it's it's that age now where you slowly starting to think, okay, as a centre back, maybe your level slowly drops. But I think he's remained incredibly consistent with his performances. And a valuable squad player. So I'm really, really pleased to see him, um, you know, sign that extension. I think as well, one of the things that I think we will see eventually is maybe he moves into that centre-back role a bit more as opposed to a right wing-back or a right-back. I think the legs have gone, but the brain's still there. And I think that's what um, I, I can see probably happening a bit more. I think having that experience, like you mentioned with John Terry, even up to maybe a Gary Cahill when John Terry left as well, having that experience there, I can see him playing for another two years when he's 34 or maybe going on to 35. Mm -hmm. I think he, he can play that Thiago Silva role because he's got, you know, that defensive mindset and he just know he's got a football brain, which I think is what has kept him, you know, in, in the game for so long. You know, you look at like a Brandon Slavovanovic who I think at this point in his career, I think potentially left Chelsea at this point um, around sort mm. of middle of you know, 30, early 30s. So um, he reminds me of that sort of Thiago Silva mould where he can potentially mm. play up till 35. Um, and like you mentioned, the experience around around um, Chelsea will be definitely valuable for the other centre-backs that are sort of, you know, a Christensen, Chalabar, those kind of players that we've got there as well. So it's, it's a no-brainer for me. Um, yeah. You know, looking forward to, you know, seeing two more seasons at least of him as well and by then I'm, I'm assuming again you know they're thinking you know Thiago Silva's moved on at that point so he kind of replaces that Thiago Silva role as well you know coming in filling in for cup games or you know coming on as that sub to just see the game out he can do that as well and he's he's never really injured he never misses a no, game when that's you think true. about that's true. you know he's um his injury records impeccable so Good to good to see that. That's still playing there. regularly for for Spain at the moment as well. So he's yeah, really yeah. valued by um, Luis Enrique as well. And I think um, something that I don't think he maybe got as much credit for, but I think he really helped maybe a player like Thiago Silva settle in speaking French. Yeah. And I think Silva speaks French and doesn't speak English. So um, that was really good to see the two of them play centre back. 
together and you know almost have that communication by able to speak French. And at the time, I think Zuma was maybe the third centre back. To have those three defenders speaking French together, I think really helps him maybe settle in and you know um, have that kind of person he could like um, communicate with on the pitch when it came to yeah. giving uh, orders and tactics. So credit to him there as well. Yeah, definitely, hundred percent makes sense. Um, let, let's move over to tomorrow, twelve thirty. I had to just double check to make sure it was Friday then. Yeah, tomorrow, 12.30, um, <laughs> Chelsea versus Norwich. It's been a long week. Um, yeah, Chelsea versus Norwich. What's your thoughts, top versus bottom? Give me your thoughts. It's, uh, we should be winning. We should be keeping a clean sheet. We should be scoring at least two or three. I mean, no disrespect to Norwich, but based on how the season's gone, um, I think with the game, we should be winning. I haven't really much watched much of Norwich this season and the times I did watch them, their defence looked very leaky and they they conceded a fair few. I do really like Daniel Fark. I think he's a brilliant manager. I like um, you know, the players that he brings in. Um, Tuchel clearly really re- um, has a good relationship with him. I don't really agree with what he's been saying about Gilmore recently, though. Um, kind of, you know, I don't want to be developing players that don't belong to us. I mean, I think so. anyone who watches football knows how good Gilmore is. And I think he's better than any of Norwich's midfielders. No disrespect to them, but... Um, but you know it's one of those games I'm excited to go to at uh, 12.30 so Mark, it's one of those games I think you'll, you'll, I'll be walking to Stanford Bridge thinking it's going to be goals and it's going to be goals for Chelsea and not you know I think we've got a very good home record against Norwich as well um, but yeah I'm expecting a very different 11 to the the one that played Wednesday it's going to be um, not too different because of the injuries I suppose but um it's going to be maybe a similar one to the the lineup that finished um, the game against um, Malmo. Um, but yeah, I think it's uh, more a good game to have at this period because um, we've had you know a tricky opening run to the season with you know Liverpool, Tottenham, Arsenal, City, Juventus yeah. as well. You know that Juventus game came quickly after the the City one, but this is now a game where you kind of you know you're able to almost afford to have those injuries to maybe you know, play as players that wouldn't play as regularly, but can still, you can still count on them to get the goals and maybe the performances you need. So I'm, I'm looking forward to it. And um, I think it's going to be, I want to say a comfortable win, after, especially after what I saw on Wednesday. I can't, I can't say anything but a win. I think mm. it's a perfect time to play Norwich. I agree with you around, um, you know, Daniel Fogg being a good manager. I think he's always out of his depth when it comes to the Premier League. I think he, he suits, um, championship football I think he's just out of his depth when it comes to the Premier League but I think you know I want to see take what we did in Malmo I want to see exactly the same against Norwich I want that same creative almost that freedom almost playing like you know like I mentioned um, before on the previous episode a Liverpool you know I want to see that intensity I want to see that pressing from the very you know moment we kick off I want to see that and I think and why I asked about will we miss sort of Werner and Lukaku? I think taking Lukaku out might give us that more energy, as mad as it sounds, will give us that energy up front with, you know, Kai Havertz playing the false nine or whoever's playing the false nine. I think it'd be Havertz. But if we play that false nine, it just gives us something else to work with. It's it's a different option. And I think playing Lukaku sometimes, you know, I'm not criticising him or, or Tuchel for the tactics, but I think it kind of takes away that kind of pace of the game that we can we can sometimes show. So, yeah, I, I can't see us losing this one. I think you're right. I think it'd be the same sort of team that ended the Malmo game in terms of how we're going to play. 
again, I'd love to, like you said, I'd love to see Loftus Cheek and Mason Mount supporting Havertz in that sort of attacking roles as well. Um, maybe Reese James right wing back. I think yeah, mix it up. Left back, left wing back's always a tricky one because I, as much as I love Ben Chilwell and he's come, you know, into great form, I think this game would suit Alonso a bit more. I think I'd like to see Alonso playing in in this in this role. Defensively, I think um, Chilwell's brilliant and and probably more suited. But I think if we're on the front foot and we're trying to you know to get a goal or a couple goals against Norwich, then I think Alonso is the one that we should be playing in that role. But it's going to be interesting. I'm looking forward to it. The only downside to the weekend is if we do lose, it ruins the whole week, ruins the whole weekend, which um, yeah. I'm not expecting us to lose. So let's hope not. But um, early kickoffs are never easy, and I think you know it's less preparation time. It's less. I mean, we're at home, so it's good. But I just think early kickoffs are, are, are always difficult, and I think the games where you expect to win, you sometimes come up against big hurdles and. Fingers crossed this isn't one of those games, but you just look at Norwich, you know, they've been struggling all season. They do a win at some point and, you know, it is going to come at some point for them. So let's just hope it's not against us. But um, I agree with you in terms of, you know, the games that we've got coming up now. Obviously, I can see a few changes coming for for the Carabao Cup in a week. I think that's on the, uh, it's on the Tuesday, I think. Dates were all messed up, but I think it's on the 26th. Then we've obviously got Newcastle, which is going to be tough. You know, you think about the change and obviously Steve Bruce has gone now, change of ownership. There's talk about big players, Dombele and all these other players going there as well. So that's going to be a tough game as well. So I think we've got to look at securing three points here, but getting it comfortable, doing a comfortable you know, fashion of getting those three points rather than leaving it till the 88th minute to try and you know get a winner. I want to see us dominate the game very much like Malmo, 2-0 two, two cushion before half-time, go mm. in there and bring on some players that we can you know, bring on a, a, a sort of Malang Sar or bring on a, a Ross Barkley, get them some minutes as well, because I'd imagine they'll feature in a cup as well. But um, the thing about Gilmore, I, I think it's such a strange thing to come out and say. I think, mm. um, you know, fair enough, you don't want to sort of nurture youngsters, but you've got him on loan, he's yours for the season that's your job to, to to nurture players regardless of whether they're yours or they're, you know, they've come in on loan. Um, I can see him fitting back into Chelsea next season. I think regardless of how much he plays at Norwich this season, it looks like they're going to get relegated and we've seen what happened to, to Loftus-Cheek when he was at Fulham. Bit of a different scenario because he was actually playing, but they got relegated and he's now back in the first team. So I can see the same for, for Billy Gilmore as well. Yeah, and Tuchel didn't exactly say no to the question he was asked in the press conference, would you recall him in January? So it's kind of, feels almost like Chinese whispers at that right now over there. You know, he's actually got it in his head what, if he's going to call him back or maybe he's going to have a conversation with Daniel Fark after the game about Gilmore's development and, you know, what he expects from him. And I think the, the other one's um, Brandon Williams, who hasn't featured maybe as much as well. And it's the same kind of situation as... Um, as Gilmore, he doesn't want to nurture a player that doesn't really belong to him. Or maybe he's already planning for the championship next season and the squad he's going to have in the championship. So you don't know. But um, you mentioned a 2-0 cushion at halftime. That'd be, that'd be great. Um, just to enjoy the second half, no stress. But now you're putting doubts in my head about, you know, these 12-30 kickoffs against, against, you know, weaker opposition. You know, you don't want to get too confident. We played, we finished um, a game quite late on Wednesday. The players would have recovered Thursday. They would have trained today. So it doesn't give them too much time to prep for this game. That's another thing that I'm slightly worried about, whereas Norwich would have had the whole week to prep. Yeah. 
but we, that's why we have the depth in the squad. That's why we should be making some changes in the lineup. Um, I mentioned it previously. I'd love to see Mountain Loftus Cheek play behind Havertz, but I think it's going to be maybe Ziyech and Hudson Odoi with potentially Loftus Cheek and maybe a Kovacic who didn't feature against um, Malmo in midfield. And then a very, you know, I want to say um, different side that will feature in the cup on Wednesday against Southampton. But next three games in the league, Norwich, Newcastle and Burnley, all in the relegation zone at the moment. I don't think any of them has a win. So it's games like that where you're like, nine. it's nine points or nothing in a way. We need to be getting those nine points. So um, I'm I saying mean, nothing. <laughs> I mean Newcastle like with Newcastle it's going to be um, it's going to be a scary one we have the best of records at um, St. James's Park um, so um, we'll see about that one and who, who their manager will be in the dugout for that game as well it's going to be quite an interesting one as well could be Eddie Howe I think I think he's the favourite at the moment it's not a bad shout at all it's not a bad shout um, what's your prediction for Norwich you've avoided the prediction but what, what's your prediction <laughs> Yeah, usually that's the first thing I say, but um, I, I did it on the app yesterday, so I'll just um, say what I put on the app. I put 3-0 Chelsea with Loftus-Cheek as the first goal scorer. I think if he plays a bit higher up the pitch, he'll get that goal, um, the opening goal. Yeah, I'm going to go for another 4-0. I know it sounds ambitious, but I think mm. I think we're playing Norwich at the best time. I think we're... Um, I think the changes will actually complement how we need to play. And like I mentioned around that sort of on the front foot attacking sort of momentum, I think a lot of that will show now that Lukaku isn't in the picture. And, you know, we'll see a different Chelsea squad. We, 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 you know, it's forced changes again, very similar to um, what happened at Malmo in the second half or the early first half as well. So the forced changes, I think, will will steer the team on, hopefully to get four goals I'm not going to give goal scorers, but I do think there'll be a penalty and it will be for Chelsea as well. Um, so yeah, let's let's see how things go. Yeah, it's, I'm excited for it. It's going to be one of those games, I think. Um, as I said, walking to Stamford Bridge, you're going to expect there to be goals. You're going to expect them, as you said, not having Lukaku puts, you know, I think it'll be a bit more of a free-flowing Chelsea because when Lukaku does play, you're almost like he's a magnet. You want him to get the ball. You want to feed him the, the ball. ball. He yeah. wants the ball. So maybe he allows players like Mount, Loftus-Cheek, Werner to almost play around Lukaku but now that he's not in the picture like you mentioned all those other players will just have you know a bit more you know I want to say freedom when they get the ball to do what they they want to do maybe you know Hudson Odoi is going to be able to play his football and you know he's very capable of doing that like we saw against Malmo when he gets the ball you know driving up the pitch but I'm excited for it it's going to be a good game yeah, yeah, it's going to be interesting. Um, just before we wrap up I thought obviously we can't do this episode without mentioning Matthew Harden who obviously Big, big contribution to Chelsea um, in the early sort of nineties. Uh, uh, you know, him and Ken Bates were big parts of why Chelsea's where it is today. So, um, twenty-five year anniversary. I think it was nineteen ninety-six. I think um, the sort of tragic plane crash. So, you know, he was again big, big part of um, the rebuild of not just Chelsea but Stamford Bridge as well. So, um, twenty-five years seems like a long time, but. Um, yeah, you know, couldn't really not do this episode and not mention Matthew yeah. Harden. Definitely worth mentioning. And uh, it's a shame as well. I think it's the first time we had, we didn't put um, a picture of him in on the front of the programme I saw on Twitter. Yeah. They put, they were, we've got Ben Shilwell this time. And I think every time um, around this period when we have a game, we always have uh, Matthew, uh, Matthew Harding on the front of the programme to remember yeah. him. But maybe it's a decision that the you know, the editing team have taken this year and it's you know, out of our hands. But but yeah, yeah, definitely worth mentioning. And 
you know, he played a great part in the history of the club. Yeah, definitely. And I'm sure tomorrow, you know, there'll be a lot of vocal Chelsea fans um, paying tribute to him and obviously um, Jimmy Greaves as well. Um, who I think his funeral has been taking place today as well. So um, there's a lot of obviously to cheer about, but obviously a lot more to celebrate in some ways than one as well. So um, as always, guys, you know, if you're, you're listening on Apple or Spotify, as I mentioned at the start of the episode, at From the Shed End on Twitter and on Instagram, it's at From the Shed End with underscores between each of the words. On YouTube, it's From the Shed End. Don't think I've missed any, but if I haven't or have, then just from the shed end and everything, you'll find us. Um, like and subscribe on YouTube because we're very low on subscribers. They're slowly creeping up, but we need them to be a bit more. So um, make it worthwhile for me and Theo to, to spend our Friday afternoons and you know, midweek talking about Chelsea. So yeah, like and subscribe on YouTube. And as always, Theo, thanks for joining me and also the work you do on Instagram as well. Um, Chelsea okay. Journal as well. You've done a lot of those in the past as well for the Champions League, yeah. Champions League Journal. So um, yeah, writing articles for the Champions League Journal, publishing on Instagram. If you want to give us a follow there, um, we got I think a video got reshared by Talk Chelsea, which is one of the biggest Chelsea um, accounts. So that was great to see. Yeah, but I definitely um, drop us a follow um, to get all that content on your feeds. Yeah, and I'm sure we'll be, we'll be back next week in high spirits after a good weekend top teams lose apart from Chelsea we beat Norwich 4-0 or 3-0 if you're Theo um, and yeah we'll be back next week with episode 32 of From the Shed End podcast but for now this is episode 31 From the Shed End podcast myself T. and Theo thank you for joining us <laughs>